just reminding you. We have t-shirts in the shop. Just go to pgttcm.com. Check out all of our cool t-shirts and stickers. Heck, we even got some shelf curtains in there. Keep clean. Look cool. Have cool stickers to put on stuff. Join us on Patreon and get a free sticker. Or don't. It's up to you. spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. This episode is brought to you by California Tea House. California Tea House is a family-owned tea store where you can find some of the world's best loose-leaf tea and organic herbal tea blends. Like a fine wine, there is no comparison between fine loose-leaf and common broken-leaf tea bags. So, yeah, no, check them out. Check them out. They have quite a bit of pretty awesome tea collections. I'm a huge fan of their white teas. Uh, They have a tea club that you can join, but, you know, they've got green tea, black tea, white tea, oolong, that uh, robios and herbal tea. They've also got teaware. So check out California Tea House in the show notes. Hey everyone, it's me, DB. New sponsor on the show, Clary. Clary offers a great price and better quality goods and services for music lovers. Are you looking for good prices, free shipping, 100% quality guarantee? Clary's got you covered. Guitars, bass guitars, mandolins, they've got saxophones, trumpets, drums, they've got guitar cases, amplifiers, all the stuff that you need without having to break the bank. Inexpensive doesn't have to mean cheap. Check out the show notes to find more about Glary. 20 watt amplifiers for under $50. Hard cases for your electric guitar for under 80. Guitars themselves for under $90. Come on folks, check out the show notes. Get a Glary. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Once again, we walk down the lightless stone staircase in the middle of nowhere. You're listening to KZOM. Hey everyone, welcome back to 
People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. It's one of our reading episodes, and this episode we will be going through, let's see, it's the Renkitink, Rintinkatink, oh, you know, our reader does it way better than I do, Rintinkatink in Oz. So yeah, this is, what, the 7th, 8th, 12th book in the Oz series? It's getting in there, we're getting in there, yeah. And I'm going to chop this up into 12 parts, so there's going to be two two chapters each, each, each episode. So, hey, we've got that for the month of October, and maybe I'll throw in some ghost stories at the end of the month. Don't hold me to any of that, because I'm not 100% sure how October is going to go. And if you are lucky enough, at the very beginning of October, H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, and there is also going to be a second H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival that's going to be less in person and more of a streaming thing. Check us out on there. Dave's got some stuff going on on that. I'm going to have some stuff going on on that. And also, I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, Taza Chocolate, Stone Ground Chocolate. And you know what? This is super minimally processed. If you're like me and you have a bunch of food allergies, you can't do dairy, they have dairy-free chocolates. They, they, they use dairy alternatives, uh, minimally processed, of course, organic. I love them. You love them. Taza Chocolates, they, they come in those discs that you can break up and put into hot beverages and stir up. Ooh, I love it so much. Anyway, Oz. So why not, I don't know, sit down with a nice warm beverage. We've got the tea that you can get. We've got the coffee you can get. I don't know, maybe microwave some psychedelic water, baby. All right, here's some Oz. Let's get weird. Chapter 21 the wizard finds an enchantment. After Coleco had failed in his attempts to destroy his guests, as has been related, the Gnome King did nothing more to injure them, but treated them in a friendly manner. He refused, however, to permit Inga to see or to speak with his father and mother, or even to know in what part of the underground caverns they were confined. "'You are able to protect your lives and persons, I freely admit,' said Calico. "'But I firmly believe you have no power, either of magic or otherwise, "'to take from me the captives I have agreed to keep for King Goss.' Inga would not agree to this. He determined not to leave the caverns until he had liberated his father and mother, although he did not know how that could be accomplished. As for Rinkitink, the jolly king was well fed and had a good bed to sleep upon, so he was not worried about anything and seemed in no hurry to go away. Coleco and Rinkitink were engaged in pitching a game with solid gold quoits on the floor of the royal chamber, and Inga and Bilbil were watching them, when Clink came running in, his hair standing on end with excitement, and cried out, that the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy were approaching. Calico turned pale on hearing this unwelcome news, and, abandoning his game, went to sit in his ivory throne and try to think what had brought these fearful visitors to his domain. "'Who is Dorothy?' asked Inga. "'She is a little girl who once lived in Kansas,' replied Clink with a shudder. But she now lives in Ozma's palace at the Emerald City, and is a princess of Oz, which means that she is a terrible foe to deal with. Doesn't she like gnomes? inquired the boy. 
"'It isn't that,' said King Calico with a groan. "'Oh, but she insists on the gnomes being goody-goody, which is contrary to their natures. Dorothy gets angry if I do the least thing that is wicked, and tries to make me stop it, and that naturally makes me downhearted. I can't imagine why she has come here just now, for I've been behaving very well lately. As for that Wizard of Oz, he's chock-full of magic that I can't overcome, for he learned it from Glinda, who is the most powerful sorceress in the world. Oh, woe is me! Why didn't Dorothy and the Wizard stay in Oz where they belong? Inga and Rinkitink listened to this with much joy, for at once the idea came to them both to plead with Dorothy to help them. Even Bilbil pricked up his ears when he heard the Wizard of Oz mentioned, and the goat seemed much less surly and more thoughtful than usual. A few minutes later a gnome came to say that Dorothy and the Wizard had arrived and demanded admittance, so Clink was sent to usher them into the royal presence of the Gnome King. As soon as she came in, the little girl ran up to the boy prince and seized both his hands. "'Oh, Inga!' she exclaimed. "'I'm so glad to find you alive and well!' Inga was astonished at so warm a greeting. Making a low bow, he said, "'I don't think we have met before, princess.' "'No, indeed,' replied Dorothy. "'But I know all about you, and I've come to help you and King Rinkitink out of your troubles.' Then she turned to the Gnome King and continued, "'You ought to be ashamed of yourself, King Calico, to treat an honest prince and an honest king so badly.' "'I haven't done anything to them.' whined Calico, trembling, as her eyes flashed upon him. "'No, but you tried to, and that's just as bad, if not worse,' said Dorothy, who was very indignant. "'And now I want you to send for the King and Queen of Pingaree, and have them brought here immediately.' "'I won't,' said Calico. "'Yes, you will,' cried Dorothy, stamping her foot at him. I won't have these poor people made unhappy any longer, or separated from their little boy. Why, it's dreadful, Calico, and I'm surprised at you. You must be more wicked than I thought you were. I can't do it, Dorothy, said the Gnome King, almost weeping with despair. I promised King Gost I'd keep them captives. You wouldn't ask me to break my promise, would you? King Goss was a robber and an outlaw, she said, and perhaps you don't know that a storm at sea wrecked his boat while he was going back to Regos, and that he and Queen Cor were both drowned. Dear me, exclaimed Calico, is that so? I saw it in Glinda's record book, said Dorothy. So now you trot out the king and queen of Pingaree as quick as you can. No, persisted the contrary gnome king, shaking his head. I won't do it. Ask me anything else, and I'll try to please you. But I can't allow these friendly enemies to triumph over me. In that case, said Dorothy, beginning to remove the cover from her basket, 
I'll show you some eggs. <gasps> eggs! screamed the Gnome King in horror. Have you eggs in that basket? A dozen of them, replied Dorothy. Then uh, keep them there, I beg, I implore you, and I'll do anything you say, pleaded Kaliko, his teeth chattering so that he could hardly speak. Send for the king and queen of Pingaree, said Dorothy. Go, Clink, commanded the Gnome King, and Clink ran away in great haste, for he was almost as much frightened as his master. It was an affecting scene when the unfortunate king and queen of Pingaree entered the chamber, and with sobs and tears of joy embraced their brave and adventurous son. All the others stood silent until greetings and kisses had been exchanged, and Inga had told his parents in a few words of his vain struggles to rescue them and how Princess Dorothy had finally come to his assistance. Then King Kitticut shook the hands of his friend King Rinkitink, and thanked him for so loyally supporting his son Inga, and Queen Garee kissed little Dorothy's forehead, and blessed her for restoring her husband and herself to freedom. The wizard had been standing near Bilbil the goat, and now he was surprised to hear the animal say, joyful reunion isn't it but it makes me tired to see grown people cry like children ho ho exclaimed the wizard how does it happen mr goat that you who have never been to the land of oz are able to talk that's my business returned bilbil in a surly tone the wizard stooped down and gazed fixedly into the animal's eyes then he said with a pitying sigh, ah, I see you are under an enchantment, indeed. I believe you to be Prince Bobo of Boboland. Bilbil made no reply, but dropped his head as if ashamed. This is a great discovery, said the wizard, addressing Dorothy and the others of the party. A good many years ago, a cruel magician transformed the gallant prince of Boboland into a talking goat, and this goat, being ashamed of his condition, ran away and was never again seen in Boboland, which is a country far to the south of here, but bordering on the deadly desert opposite the land of Oz. I heard of this story long ago, and know that a diligent search has been made for the enchanted prince without result. But— I am well assured that, in the animal you call Bilbil, I have discovered the unhappy Prince of Boboland. Dear me, Bilbil, said Rinkitink, why have you never told me this? What would be the use? asked Bilbil in a low voice and still refusing to look up. The use? repeated Rinkitink, puzzled. Yes, that's the trouble, said the wizard. It is one of the most powerful enchantments ever accomplished, and the magician is now dead, and the secret of the anti-charm lost. Even I, with all my skill, cannot restore Prince Bobo to his proper form, but I think Glinda might be able to do so, and if you will all return with Dorothy and me to the land of Oz, where Ozma will make you welcome, 
I will ask Glinda to try to break this enchantment. This was willingly agreed to, for they all welcomed the chance to visit the famous land of Oz. So they bade good-bye to King Kaliko, whom Dorothy warned not to be wicked any more if he could help it, and the entire party returned over the magic carpet to the land of Oz. They filled the red wagon, which was still waiting for them, pretty full, but the sawhorse didn't mind that, and with wonderful speed carried them safely to the Emerald City. End of chapter 21 Hi, I'm Rob Whiten from the Innsmouth Book Club. Join me and my fellow guide, John Chadwick, as we take you on a fortnightly tour of Innsmouth. We visit places such as the Picture House, the Library and Innsmouth Museum to discuss all aspects of weird fiction, whether it be book, film, music, TV or art. As well as that, we stop over at the Gilman House to have a chat with a resident guest. That includes authors, artists, musicians, in fact, Lovecraftian creatives of all types. You can find our free shows on Patreon, and there you can also sign up as a patron, which brings you bonus content, plus a monthly PDF copy of Innsmouth News, which features articles, author spotlights, all the latest news and reviews, and more. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash InsmouthBC. We hope to see you soon, because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. This month's bandwidth is brought to you by Psychedelic Water. Legal psychedelics suspended in green tea and then put inside of a can for you. Psychedelic water. Who needs a Tillinghast resonator when you've got psychedelic water? Are you a curvy girl? Do you know a curvy girl? You love a curvy girl. Check out the show links for curvy girl. Plus size clothing for plus size women. Oh, Larry. Fine, fine student instruments, beginner's instruments. If you want to modify a guitar, check out Glary. If you want to get into guitars, if you love guitars, Glary. Things from another world. It's a store that has art. It has toys. It has comics, graphic novels. It is the place if you like that kind of stuff. Dave and I have talked about it in the show before. They were ever a sponsor. Dave likes to check out their stuff. I like to check out their stuff. They're pretty cool. Toys, art, graphic design, not graphic design, graphic novels for you. Things from another world. Check out the show notes. Uh, check out the links on, on our website, PGPTCM. We've got specific stuff there to let you know what they've got going on for specials. Anyway, thank you again so much. Did you know that there is a THC derivative that's legal called Delta 8? Not to be confused with the Delta variant, but Delta 8. Yeah. Uh, you can get it in chewable form, and it's sold at 
what's what's Golden Goat CBD, one of our sponsors? Yeah, you can get some Delta 8, and you can also pick up some CBD chewables gummies. They've got smokables for the Delta 8, and they've got all kinds of stuff for CBD, and they can help you out. Uh, check the show notes, Golden Goat. And while you're in the show notes, hey, do you know about Donner? Donner has so many amazing musical instruments from all kinds, mandolins, banjos. They've got drums. They've got amplifiers. They've got guitars. They've got all kinds of stuff, and they ship worldwide. Check out Donner. I think you're going to like it, and I think Donner's going to have a good deal for you. So I, I love their electric guitars. A lot of the music that I perform for the show is either on one brand or it's on a Donner. So check out Donner. And check out some savings. All right. Thank you once again for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. You can help show your support by going to the show notes and following any of the links that'll tell you how to support the show, how to support our guests. And thank you to all of our guests who you can find in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe. And remember, patrons get priority access to asking us questions, suggesting topics, even, I don't know, uh, submitting stuff. Actually, you don't have to be a patron to submit anything. That's how Dave got on the show, and that's how you can get on the show, too. It's the People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Chapter 22, Ozma's Banquet Ozma had seen in her magic picture the liberation of Inga's parents and the departure of the entire party for the Emerald City, so with her usual hospitality she ordered a splendid banquet prepared and invited all her quaint friends who were then in the Emerald City to be present that evening to meet the strangers who were to become her guests. Glinda, also in her wonderful record book, had learned of the events that had taken place in the caverns of the Gnome King, and she became especially interested in the enchantment of the Prince of Boboland. So she hastily prepared several of her most powerful charms, and then summoned her flock of sixteen white storks, which swiftly bore her to Ozma's palace. She arrived there before the Red Wagon did, and was warmly greeted by the girl ruler. Realizing that the costume of Queen Garee of Pingaree must have become sadly worn and frayed owing to her hardships and adventures, Ozma ordered a royal outfit prepared for the good queen, and had it laid in her chamber ready for her to put on as soon as she arrived, so she would not be shamed at the banquet. New costumes were also provided for King Kittycut and King Rinkitink and Prince Inga, all cut and made and embellished in the elaborate and becoming style then prevalent in the land of Oz. And as soon as the party arrived at the palace, Ozma's guests were escorted by her servants to their rooms, that they might bathe and dress themselves. Glinda the Sorceress and the Wizard of Oz took charge of Bilbil the Goat, and went to a private room where they were not likely to be interrupted. Glinda first questioned Bilbil long and earnestly about the manner of his enchantment and the ceremony that had been used by the magician who enchanted him. At first Bilbil protested that he did not want to be restored to his natural shape, 
saying that he had been forever disgraced in the eyes of his people and of the entire world by being obliged to exist as a scrawny, scraggly goat. But Glinda pointed out that any person who incurred the enmity of a wicked magician was liable to suffer a similar fate, and assured him that his misfortune would make him better beloved by his subjects when he returned to them freed from his dire enchantment. Bilbil was finally convinced of the truth of this assertion, and agreed to submit to the experiments of Glinda and the wizard, who knew they had a hard task before them, and were not at all sure they could succeed. We know that Glinda is the most complete mistress of magic who ever existed, and she was wise enough to guess that the clever but evil magician who had enchanted Prince Bobo had used a spell that would puzzle any ordinary wizard or sorcerer to break. Therefore she had given the matter much shrewd thought, and hoped that she had conceived a plan that would succeed. But because she was not positive of success, she would have no one present at the incantation except her assistant, the Wizard of Oz. First she transformed Bill Bill the goat into a lamb, and this was done quite easily. Next she transformed the lamb into an ostrich, giving it two legs and feet instead of four. Then she tried to transform the ostrich into the original Prince Bobo, but this incantation was an utter failure. Glinda was not discouraged, however, but by a powerful spell transformed the ostrich into a Tottenhot, which is a lower form of a man. Then the Tottenhot was transformed into a Mifkit, which was a great step in advance, and finally Glinda transformed the Mifkit into a handsome young man, tall and shapely, who fell on his knees before the great sorceress, and gratefully kissed her hand, admitting that he had now recovered his proper shape, and was indeed Prince Bobo of Boboland. This process of magic, successful though it was in the end, had required so much time that the banquet was now awaiting their presence. Bobo was already dressed in princely raiment, and although he seemed very much humbled by his recent lowly condition, they finally persuaded him to join the festivities. When Rinkitink saw that his goat had now become a prince, he did not know whether to be sorry or glad, for he felt that he would miss the companionship of the quarrelsome animal he had so long been accustomed to ride upon, while at the same time he rejoiced that poor Bilbil had come to his own again. Prince Bobo humbly begged Rinkitink's forgiveness for having been so disagreeable to him at times, saying that the nature of a goat had influenced him, and the surly disposition he had shown was a part of his enchantment. But the jolly king assured the prince that he had really enjoyed Bilbil's grumpy speeches, and forgave him readily. Indeed, they all discovered the young Prince Bobo to be an exceedingly courteous and pleasant person, although he was somewhat reserved and dignified. Ah, but it was a great feast that Ozma served 
in her gorgeous banquet hall that night, and everyone was as happy as could be. The shaggy man was there, and so was Jack Pumpkinhead, and the Tin Woodman, and Cap'n Bill. Besides Princess Dorothy sat Tiny Trot and Betsy Bobbin, and the three little girls were almost as sweet to look upon as was Ozma, who sat at the head of the table and outshone all her guests in loveliness. King Rinkitink was delighted with the quaint people of Oz, and laughed and joked with the Tin Man and the Pumpkin-Headed Man, and found Cap'n Bill a very agreeable companion. But what amused the jolly king most were the animal guests, which Ozma always invited to her banquets, and seated at a table by themselves, where they talked and chatted together as people do, but were served the sort of food their natures required. The hungry tiger and cowardly lion and the glass cat were much admired by Rinkitink, but when he met a mule named Hank, which Betsy Bobbin had brought to Oz, the king found the creature so comical that he laughed and chuckled until his friends thought he would choke. Then, while the banquet was still in progress, Rinkitink composed and sang a song to the mule, and they all joined in the chorus, which was something like this. It's very queer how big an ear is worn by Mr. Donkey, and yet I fear he could not hear if it were on a monkey. Tis thick and strong and broad and long, and also very hairy. It's quite becoming to our Hank, but might disgrace a fairy. This song was received with so much enthusiasm that Rinkitink was prevailed upon to sing another. They gave him a little time to compose the rhyme, which he declared would be better if he could devote a month or two to its composition. But the sentiment he expressed was so admirable that no one criticized the song or the manner in which the jolly little king sang it. Dorothy wrote down the words on a piece of paper, and here they are. We're merry comrades all to-night, because we've won a gallant fight and conquered all our foes. We're not afraid of anything, so let us gaily laugh and sing until we seek repose. We've all our grateful hearts can wish. King Goss has gone to feed the fish. Queen Carr has gone as well. King Kittycott has found his own. Prince Bobo soon will have a throne, relieved of magic spell. So let's forget the horrid strife that fell upon our peaceful life and caused distress and pain. For very soon across the sea we'll all be sailing merrily to Pingaree again. End of chapter 22 Bye. Show notes. Check them out. That's where you're going to find sponsors and guests and t-shirts and stickers and high fives. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you later. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the show. Music is by me, D.B. Spitzer, edited and produced by me, D.B. Spitzer. The interview portions are always edited and produced by David Heath. 
And hey, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. So check out pgttcm.com. And if you don't want to check out the Patreon, if you don't want to do that and you want to help out the show, just go to sponsors or buy t-shirts or anything like that. Anything helps. Thank you again. <laughs>